welcome to this episode of Mercy Can't Stop Her. I am your host, Judith Kambia Obatusa, J.K.O. On today's episode, I'll be taking a pause on the self-care series because of an incident that occurred in the last one week. Um, we lost a member of my community to femicide. And what is femicide, you'll ask? Femicide is the deliberate killing of a woman. It is a tragic reality that women face, families face. It is a stark reminder of the pervasive gender-based violence that plagues our society. It demands our attention, collective action. And so today, on today's episode, I'd love for us to have a conversation about how we as individuals can play a role in supporting a sister, a friend, mm -hmm. a colleague, a church member, a community member, a mosque member, a social club member, somebody that you know, your next door neighbor, a woman who is going through abuse. How can we help? Yes, we all can help. Even if you are also in a difficult relationship, all of us still have something that we can give as long as we have breath in our nostrils. 2022 statistics by womankind.org.uk. I just want to share some of the stats. Six women are killed every hour by men around the world. Mostly men in their own family or their intimate partners. One woman is killed by a man or men every three days in the UK. And this statistic has been the same for the past 10 years. Every day in Germany, a man tries to kill his partner or ex-partner. Every third day, an attempt is successful. In Africa, more than two-thirds of all women intentionally killed in 2017 were killed by intimate partners or other family members. The numbers for during the pandemic or after the pandemic are not yet out, but just imagine what they could what it could look like. In the US, three women are murdered a day, every day, by a current or former partner. In Canada and Australia, about once a week, a woman is killed 
by her male partner. The question that people always ask when things like this happen is, why did she not leave? So on today's episode, we will be delving into this. Yes, this topic is heart-wrenching and essential to discuss. And I would like to just put a disclaimer forward because it could trigger, it could be triggering for some people. And I would like you to please prioritize your self-care. We'll explore the complexities surrounding why women sometimes find it difficult. I wouldn't even say sometimes, I should say many times, find it difficult to leave abusive situations. And also look at tangible ways each of us can empower a woman in that situation. So let's dive in. When we look at why does she not leave? One of the greatest barriers a woman faces is fear. Fear of retaliation, fear of financial instability, fear for the safety of her children, and biggest fear of all, Fear of judgment, judgment from family, judgment from the community she belongs to. If she's an immigrant, you know how immigrants, we value the community that we have. This fear can be very debilitating. And many times the fear is right when it concerns judgment. These fears are deeply ingrained and intertwined with the complex dynamics of power and control that permeates abusive relationships. You can see how difficult it will be. You see, the thing about domestic violence is that people want to see your uh, black eye. But before there is a black eye, your heart has been beaten down. And that is actually one of the most powerful reasons why one cannot even think about the steps that they need to leave. We, we must recognize that leaving an abusive situation is not a simple decision. It requires immense courage, So and a network of resources. Every woman I have seen that left an abusive relationship and was successful had an enormous amount of support, close support, not just the government. Even if there was an organization supporting her, somebody in that organization formed a bond so strong with that person, supported her, and she, today she's free and she's empowered. So we know people. 
we can't leave everything to the government. Oh, go to that um, non-profit, they will help you. The non-profit normally works for some hours, but you as a friend, you as a family member, you as a work colleague, you as a community member, you can each, each of us, each of us, including me, can empower a woman who finds herself in these difficult situations. And there are some ways, some practical ways we, we can do this. So let me say step one. Listening is so important. Listening without judgment. I know that listening without judgment is very hard. From human beings, our default is judgment. However, you know, one thing that I've discovered that has been very helpful is transparency. Being honest about your biases and letting that person know that you're not perfect, but you're here to help. So you need to create a safe space for the woman to share her experience without the fear or her experiences because you want to be that safe space she can come to when she needs it. So it might not be one experience, several experiences, but be that safe space, create that safe space for her to share her experiences without fear of being blamed or shamed. Another thing, validate their feelings. Let them know they are not alone. This creating a safe space that is free of blame and shame is so crucial in empowering a woman in such a situation to open up and seek support. Let me share a few examples of how we can create that environment where she can be comfortable, where she will feel loved, accepted, validated, and empowered. So first of all, using non-judgmental language. Oh my, this can be difficult. And that's why I'm sharing it on the podcast today. So when discussing sensitive topics, ensure be very, very self-aware, be conscious that your language is non-judgmental and empathetic. Make a conscious decision to put your biases aside. You are here to help. You are not there to judge. When she's healed, we can start to, even she will see the area she could have done better. This is not the time. Avoid blaming or shaming language that could inadvertently make the woman feel guilty or defensive about their experiences. Like, why did you not leave sooner? Then she has to start telling you why she didn't leave sooner. And as she tells you, she's digging up the pain. How is that helpful? That's not helpful. But maybe instead of asking, why didn't you leave sooner? Consider saying, I can only imagine how difficult it must have been for you. I can only imagine how difficult the situation is. I'm here to support you. Another thing that we can do to create a safe environment is active listening. 
So practice active listening. When a woman in this kind of situation shares her experiences with you. So what is active listening? How do we practice it? First of all, give them your full attention. Don't be in the middle of text messages, phone calls. So you can imagine a woman in such deep pain and then she's trying to talk to you and your attention is distracted. So to be actively listening, you need to give your full attention to the person speaking. In different cultures, eye contact is different. So some cultures, they don't have to look inside each other's eye, but let the person know that your attention is fully on them in whatever way that can be shown. Provide verbal and nonverbal cues to show that you're genuinely engaged in what they're saying. For example, when something shocking, wow, oh my Lord, you went through that? So sorry. Nodding, maintaining eye contact, saying things like, I hear you. That sounds incredibly tough. You know, like what I said, wow, all those things, they can help validate the person's feelings and experiences. Validate their emotion, what they are feeling, acknowledge it, acknowledge and validate the emotions they express. If they start to cry, let them know that their feelings are valid and understandable. If they show anger, don't minimize or dismiss it. If they show uh, sadness, just, just try to be understanding. And you can say things like, it's completely understandable that you would feel scared in that situation. For example, if that person was scared, your emotions are valid and I'm here to support you through this. Let it be known that you're there to support. That is so helpful. Another thing is you need to maintain confidentiality. It's a big problem. It's a big problem. So this is something that I have to call out churches because I'm a born again Christian and Christianity is my lifestyle. It's not a religion. It's not something I do. You know, I go to church on a particular day. It's my life. It's the way that I live. I follow Jesus. And I'm saying this, I had to say that, describe and give so much detail because I'm not somebody that's just you know, I'm not bashing Christians. I'm one of them. And these are things that I too, I have to learn to, to be very conscious of that I'm not that person. So when somebody tells you something so deep, so hurtful, the experience that they could even feel shame or even blame themselves, and you need to even tell them not to feel shame or blame, you cannot take that information, except they told you, oh, please help me tell X, Y, Z. You have to maintain confidentiality. You cannot take it to your prayer group and say, let us pray for Sister X. This her husband beat hell out of her the other day. She, he's not giving her money, blah, 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 blah. I've made that mistake once. And I wasn't doing it to gossip. I actually meant to pray. And the person who we shared this and we prayed for that person, went and told her husband. The person, one of the ladies there told her husband and the husband went and talked to that person's husband and the husband now stopped her from being a member of that, our women's group. 
first of all, that woman was not supposed to have taken it because that our prayer, our meeting, women's meeting is everything that we say here stays here. But she took it and went to tell her husband. And her husband went and told and told uh, the other person's husband, who was the, 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 the perpetrator. And then he heightened his hold on, on my friend. And it impacted my friendship because that person was my very close friend. And so you can imagine. So we need to make sure that they can trust us. If some of us, we had itching lips, go and talk to the world, please. Respect their privacy and ensure that these experiences shared with you are not shared without their explicit permission, like I said. And, and let them know. Tell them things like, I want you to know that whatever you share with me will be kept confidential. Your trust is important to me and I want you to feel safe opening up. You see, the thing I have learned, what has really helped me in things like this is when I think about myself, how my own life, I have my own challenges and I come to you and I share things. Will I want you to go and tell X, Y, Z and W? No. The Bible says, do unto others what you like them to do unto you. Would you like that? Okay, some of us are shameless. We don't care. But you can't take other people's confidences and spread them in the fields of your community, please. Another thing is avoid victim blaming. You know, be very careful. I know that we do this trying to find a solution. Many of us don't do this because we want to blame the person and make them feel bad, but we cannot make that mistake. So be mindful of our, of victim blaming statements, avoid them. Even questions, some questions could be victim blaming. They could inadvert, ad, advertently place the responsibility on the person sharing her story. She, the victim. Instead, focus on understanding their experiences and providing support. So instead of saying something like, why didn't you do something to prevent it? Say, oh, I'm so sorry that this happened to you. How can I support you moving forward? Another thing that we will need to really do if we want to create a safe space is to offer empathy and support. So we need to express our empathy and compassion towards the survivor's experiences. So let them know that you are there to support them without judgment. Yeah, some things may sound so far out, you may not believe them. But because you were not there, you can't disbelieve them either. So just be neutral. Neutral, but there to support. You don't have to take sides. Well, you can support your friend. You can support your sister. One of the things you can do is say things like, I'm so sorry you had to go through that. It must have been incredibly difficult. Please know that I believe you. I'm here to support you in any way that I can. See, the truth is that creating a safe space requires ongoing effort and a commitment to empathy and understanding. It's important to be patient and allow the person sharing this painful experience with you or who comes to you to share what she's going through. Allow them to share at their own pace. 
and where you have resources or referrals, please give to them, provide it to them. I have a whole lot of stuff around this and it seems that I will not be able to finish it in this episode. So I'm going to end the episode at this point and continue next time. And that, of course, puts into my self-care series. But this, my community member lost her life. And I wonder what could we have done? How could one of us that knew her have helped her more? Is there someone like her right now in our lives who we can help? You know, many times when somebody passes, people start, oh, why do people start, oh, domestic violence, start sharing things about it. But we've been talking about it. I have Mexican stopper because of that. And if you could just share this episode with other people, subscribe to the podcast and leave a review so more people can see and hear the podcast. It is one way that we can make a difference. Mercy can stop her. I believe that there are women, many women, in fact, up to 80% of women in abusive situations are still in those abusive situations and are unable to leave. Empowering them where they are will help them make the next step that they can, that they need to make in a safe way. So please. That's one way to support. So listen again, please avoid victim blaming, victim shaming by creating, creating a safe space for this person to share what they are going through. When we do this, messy won't stop us. Thank you so much for listening. I'll see you next time.